Hello and welcome to the Sacred Remembering Podcast, the place for modern women who are waking up to the truth of who they are. I'm your host, Sarah Poet. Women are healing from outdated paradigms and we are rising. And we're not doing it by fighting or further depleting ourselves anymore. We are doing it by remembering who we are and standing in that unified truth. Here, we remember together through stories, tools, and curiosity. And in doing so, we bring forward the place of women in our modern world. Visit sarahpoet.com today for tools for your feminine, masculine awakening journey and to schedule mentorships and couples coaching with me directly. Now, let's begin. Hello and welcome to the Sacred Remembering Podcast episode 122. And today we are talking with Lizzie Malt about people pleasing. More on that in just a moment. So glad you're here. So much welcome, whether this is your first episode or your 122nd and just sending love to everyone. I know it's big times out there. I have heard from so many women lately saying how this podcast, when they find it, provides an alchemical transformation in them. Like just by listening to the podcast, your life will change. I know that's true because we're pouring our heart and soul into the podcast here, my guests and I. And so um, that's the intention of this space is that it is really meant to teach, to spark, to um, inspire. And so what I'd love to ask you is if you do find inspiration in this podcast, if it has changed you, please pass it on to at least one other woman. We are in a time of mass awakening and we need support and we need community. So that being said, remember please that there is also the sacred remembering community and you are welcome there. We have bi-weekly or twice monthly rather um, community calls on Sundays. I really like to just give a wink and a nod to the uh, the old establishment, if you will, that um, Sundays can be used for sacred remembering as well. So we meet the first and third Sundays of the month, and we meet in community, and there's always a meditation, a teaching, some community interaction, and it's always very special. Those that attend the live calls um, are are invested. <laughs> They're like, oh yeah, this is what it's about. Women in community. You know, I was, this is kind of a side note. I was in a group of um, younger people. I found myself in a group of um, really beautiful people about a generation, um, you know, behind me. And these young women were talking about how they were feeling this mistrust of other women. And I think it's just unfortunate that um, you know, we're still passing that on. And I encourage you that if you have a mistrust of women, obviously you're not alone. Um, I will let you know that in my spaces, in our spaces, in the spaces that I create, we are healing that. Okay. So we're not experiencing that. Um, 
it might be a little nerve wracking to show up in a new space and start to have really honest conversations with one another. But the women that are in these spaces that I hold, be it the sacred remembering community or another small group that I have, everyone is uplifting everyone else. And it's so beautiful. So I just invite you to that authentic energy. And you can find more about that at sarahpoet.com under the membership information. So let's talk about people pleasing. When Lizzie Malt approached me about doing a podcast episode, first of all, I just loved her energy. Like it came through the email or the Instagram. I'm not sure which I don't remember, but I was like, yeah, I want to talk to you. You're fun. And so um, this episode will be fun to just um, be in Lizzie's energy and, and a an honest conversation. Um, and then around the time that she reached out to me, I was seeing posts and blog articles <laughs> everywhere about the topic of people pleasing. And I was like, what do I need to learn about this? <laughs> you know, some sometimes if that thing comes up over and over and over, um, you know, it's a theme and the soul is trying to get your attention. And so I began to ask myself, like, where am I doing this um, in my life? And one of the things that we talk about in this episode that I love is, you know, women in business and the way we're running businesses. Obviously, um, we're in business to help, to serve, to make a difference, to make a living. And there's this thing called marketing and there's this thing called um, getting clients. And so um, sometimes as female business owners, we're um, trying to really please the people that may become our customers, like in the hopes that they do become our customers. And I know I have definitely fallen into that. Um, I did an episode a few back. It was episode 109 from February 3rd. 2022. And I talk a lot about transactional energetics in women. And so that's a nice compliment to this episode. If you find yourself over giving and feeling depleted, um, I'm always talking about energetics uh, and the energetics of exchange and actually coming into replenishment. And so we have to heal these you know, old wounds, again, like these patriarchal imprints that were left on women, like, you know, such as the one I mentioned earlier, that's like mistrust other women. Um, You know, we have just some of these old historic imprints that were kind of implanted into the culture that just are not needed or not helpful. And the, the one that says, you know, exhaust your energy at all costs to make other people happy, who out there is ready to uh, lay that one to rest, right? Women know that one. So in this episode, we're going to talk about boundaries and clarity. We're going to talk about, you know, internal senses of inferiority, bringing that into a sense of belonging, um, identifying our values and nurturance nurturance and this was this is really a big one that i'm focusing on in my life right now if you listened to the last episode 121 i was talking about um healing some really deep and long term 
like gut issues. And um, that has a lot to do with really allowing deep nurturance. And if we don't allow ourselves the experience of deep nurturance, like deep and true nurturance, y'all, I'm talking about deep and true because I give myself a lot of like really beautiful things in this life. And, you know, I'm not like lacking for like wonderful food or space or comfort. Right. And so the nurturance was like a, a barrier of, um, you know, in the body and the psyche around, um, yeah, I won't go too far into it, but just, um, you know, that feeling of depletion that's kind of caused by always giving our energy away first and not believing that um, we're like deeply worthy of the the love and the belonging. And so we kind of keep ourselves sometimes um, in, is the word denial or like, yeah, we deny ourselves the nurturance sometimes. And we do that by staying on the wheel of always giving, always doing, always exhausting our energy, depleting our energy. So women, I know you know what I'm talking about. We are going to get to today's episode now. Um, Please remember that you can always reach out to me at sarahpoet.com to schedule sessions or um, look at private mentorship or couples coaching. And I would love to hear from you. And um, I think that's it for today. All right. Love you so much. Thanks for being here. Hi, Lizzie. Welcome to the Sacred Remembering Podcast. Hi, Sarah. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so I'm so excited about today's um, conversation and I truly know nothing about you. Like I'm just meeting you, but it is your energy that like caused this yes um, in me when you reached out to me about the podcast. And uh, I don't always feel that yes. And I don't always say no, I say yes, you know, oftentimes I say no when people reach out to the podcast, but um, I don't know what's about to come through here, but I'm pretty excited because the energy of of, of, of you and what you're carrying uh, feels like good medicine. So um, it'll be a fun hour. And I know that something's going to come through here for all of the listeners um, at any point in the future. So welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Like, I'm just yeah. like, right now, I feel our hearts are connected, like, through this magical, I don't know, channel, even though we're, like, a world apart right now. I know. And a couple episodes back, Acacia Lawson came on, and Acacia lives in Scotland, and you're in Scotland, yes. and I really love a Scotland connection, so I'm just, you know, hoping that there's some magic there somehow. I'm <laughs> sure there is. So much magic. Um, Let me read your bio for everyone. Um, Okay. Yeah. Today we're going to talk about people pleasing, which is just a topic that I'm so excited about. So excited to hear your expertise on that. So here's your bio. Lizzie Malt is a cognitive behavioral therapist and a writer who illuminates the energetic dance between our minds and bodies and what it takes to trust ourselves fully. Basically, she's waking up people's feelings to get them in touch with the boundaries that they need to draw. 
Lizzie is a country gal who broke all the rules, love that, dedicated to the journey of self-exploration and is an expressive down-to-earth soul who leads with heart and expands the mind. After healing her own stories, beliefs, and patterns that kept her feeling small, stuck, and prioritizing everyone else, Lily Lizzie is now a radiant and humbling example of how you can turn your story around and do life in your own way. Her mission is to empower people to connect to their truth and trust their gut to be able to confidently express themselves fully and freely, encouraging them to go for the life that they desire without the self-doubt, hesitation, and seeking approval. Lizzie is passionate about sharing her wild adventures to inspire others and speak their truth and think bigger and and um, lizziemalt.com and on Instagram at lizzie underscore malt. And we will tell you those uh, handles and things at the end again. But Lizzie, welcome. And so let's just dive into uh, the people pleasing. And I know I always ask guests about their sacred remembering story that um, like how you came to feel the the spark of the remembrance and and began kind of walking back to yourself. So with this passion around um, being aware of people pleasing and giving yourself away to others first, I imagine that you have some sacred remembering stories to share about that <laughs> realization in your own life. Am I right? <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. It was the catalyst to remember who I was. <laughs> Amazing. So you kind of had a lifetime habit of giving no. yourself away first. Okay. Okay. Oh, this was yeah. a decade of fully. Okay. Yeah. I, I call it like a self-inflicted self-people pleaser because mm. an event happened and it triggered me to become more like we all please, you know, as yeah. a human society, like we love to please. But yeah, an event happened which triggered me into like over giving, over delivering. Mm. Um, mm. But then another event happened to like go, oh, look what I've been doing. <laughs> Wake you up. Okay. So can yeah. we hear about those? Like that, that 10 year period, the, the beginning and the, and the wake up call. Sure. Yeah. Do you want to start the beginning? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. What We're just going to trust the flow and like whatever wants to come through with the story, but yeah. How did, what was the, um, the, the event where you began the, the deep people pleasing uh, pattern in your life? So, you know, um, mid-20s, you know, we're all like still trying to figure out life, right? Um, I'm still trying to figure out life. <laughs> I feel like it too, don't worry. <laughs> but mid-20s, it's like, yeah, what it's the different. fuck am yeah. I supposed to be when I grow up? Right, you um, still feel very young, yeah. Yeah, you uh-huh. know, like the emphasis on like, you know, you should be stuff, something, you should be working on something, you know. My background is a creative, you know, I was told I was never allowed to be an artist. Artists don't make money. You know, you can't be a professional writer. Writers don't make money. So, you know, I heard a lot of that, you know, growing up um, from multiple people. But 25, um, I was in a share house. I was bailed up in the kitchen cooking popcorn and a girl that, you know, I'd met a couple of times but didn't particularly know very well comes up to me and we started having conversation and she says to me, 
you know, you don't have to prove yourself all the time. And I was like, um, excuse me? I'm like, what, what do you mean? Like, what, what does that mean? Like, I don't get it. And she's like, well, you keep telling stories, like, better than everyone else's. And I was like, I'm from the country, you know, that's what we do. We're storytellers, you know, it's not a competition. Mm. Like, someone shares a story, you tell a story. Someone else shares a story. It's about, like, learning and experiencing things. And she's like, no, it just sounds like you're really up yourself and trying to better, you know, be better than everyone else. And I was like, Mm. oh, God. And we all don't like it. That statement, we all, no one likes it. Mm. Mm. Triggered me into, like, the 10-year downward cycle. Mm. I became so self-conscious because all these people that were around me, my flatmates included, who I thought were, like, my people. Yeah. They weren't there. Like they were taken away in that little moment that she said that no one Mm. likes it. Mm. I was like, no one likes me (laughs) because of Yeah. It's such a core part of you. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm a storyteller. It's the country living. And hence why we're here having more stories now, right? Right. Um (laughs) I have permission to do this now. (laughs) Of course. Um, So I went into, you know full body shutdown. Mm. I, at the, you know, 25, I was drinking a lot. I was partying a lot. I was doing all the things, working way too many jobs. Um, And so I stopped. Mm. I stopped hanging out with my friends. I stopped talking. I stopped, you know, doing all these things because I was so concerned that these people that had embraced me actually didn't like me. Uh Uh-huh. I uh-huh. seeked validation consistently, like, am I doing this right? Am I doing that right? Like, that's what I became, I fell into. Fast forward 10 years, we're going to go 10 years. Um, yeah. In that process, yeah, like, <laughs> I think we all do it. Like, I've always been a bit of a rebel, but I've seeked out my, like, my rebelness to be validated in that process. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Um, 2020, was it 2020 COVID happened? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that year I was putting to get uh, an event together for a hundred people. It was like business development mixed with self-development. So all the energetic beautifulness mixed with like, you know, a bit of marketing, but in a really soulful way, it was going to be camping, 18 speakers, two days, you know, meditation, all the good juiciness to like mm-hmm. nourish your soul um, as a business owner. Um, but three things happened. One, Huge bushfires wiped out over a thousand hectares of um, bushland in Australia. Totally devastating. You can't market an event when those things happen. It lasted four months. Hmm. It then flooded the next time I tried to launch, relaunch. Wow. Event. And I was like, damn. Yeah. What's going on? I'm like, okay, third time lucky. Let's do this. Press releases, sent them out to all the major networks, you know, media outlets in Australia. However, that was the day COVID was announced. And I was like, well, fuck me. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) What the fuck am I supposed to do? You know, like I'd been business coaching, but this event idea, like I poured everything into it because I'm like, I could see how beautiful this could be. Like, you know, this mix of spiritual with business, but, you know, that soulful thing, but it wasn't meant to be. Yeah. So everything that I'd been working for for the last year fell to Mm. pieces. So I was a 
bumbling old mess for three weeks on my couch and I started journaling and writing and writing and writing. And in that process, you know, the week prior to the week of the um, press releases going out, I was doing the timetable for the event and I put everyone's name on it, the 18 speakers that I've been looking after and nurturing. However, there was no room left for me to speak. And I was like, oh, my God. The whole idea of running this event was so I could talk. <laughs> and right, yeah, and you left yourself out. I left myself out. Why? Because wow. all these people I loved, like, they deserve to go there first. Yes, yeah. you have that time. Yes, I'll give you this. Yes, I'll do that. Yes, 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 yes. Right. Yeah, it was a bittersweet moment that took three weeks for me to realize that over the course of <laughs> the last 10 years, I'd somehow lost who I was. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Which was, yeah, a bittersweet moment, but it became the catalyst for deeper healing and, as you say, like sacred remembrance, like who am I? Right, right. I, I want to stay with the topic of validation here for a bit because um, it really resonates. And I've, I've talked with a lot of women in a lot of spaces. You know, I used to run this sacred truth mastermind, like even a couple times a year. And now I have a sacred remembering membership. And we're, we're doing a lot of that work that we did in the mastermind, just kind of ongoing in this membership. Um, so anyway, the, the topic of validation comes up because you know, as women, this is, this is interesting. Like there's a lot of seeking validation and, you know, I, I'm even hearing um, in the event being canceled or pushed back or, and not happening three times. It's like the universe is like, I'm not going to validate this way of operating. Like, even though it was like such a beautiful concept and um, like, mission, the universe is like, I'm not going to validate. I mean, I can't speak to the universe or for the universe and what it was saying to you, but that's just what (laughs) I kind of heard through that. I was like, oh, wow, this validated. (laughs) It wasn't, you know, like your way of people pleasing and your way of using your energy like that wasn't going to get validated. And and I do think that, um, you know, sometimes when we're trying to push something big into the world and it's not working, there's that kind of lesson for us under underneath, like, wait, how are are you giving yourself away there? But, um, you know, a couple of things come up when I do talk to women about validation and there's some confusion, I would say, uh, or not, can, there, there's like some areas for contemplation because w- as women, we don't want to people please and look for validation externally as to like, uh, you know, approval of who we are or um, confirmation of who we are. And yet, when I think that there is a space for shared validation when we're in community and like maybe we're the only ones in our lives or in our families going through um, a certain awakening or a certain sacred remembering and and then it's like nice to be around other women who might validate like, yeah, I see you. Yeah, that's really hard. So what are your, what are some of your contemplations about validation and um, like use of the word and, you know, even light and shadow aspects of, of validation? Well, I think you summed it up beautifully, really, mm. <laughs> because that's a thing like, you know, the two sides, like 
seeking validation because we feel inferior, you know, like that is a thing, yeah. you know, um, that's the shadow. And, you know, going to people for validation in the sense of like, I'm not sure, I'm not sure, I'm not sure, because we're not sure in ourselves. And that right. comes back to us yeah. not being ourselves and trusting ourselves, right? So, you know, you hit the nail on the head before about me, you know, and the universe. Like I was pushing and pushing and pushing. The way that I was running the business was not right. Concept, fantastic and beautiful, but the way that I was doing it, you know, I was left <laughs> out on my own, neglected, you know. I I was like, oh, God, I'm like I'm trying to like put these things together, but there's no help. Mm-hmm. So I was seeking validation, 100%. Mm-hmm. However, what you did say as well, which is beautiful, like the light side of this, is that, you know, we can seek validation for a sense of community because validation creates community as well. And, like, you know, like to me, validation can also be feedback, mm-hmm. good or bad, you know, mm-hmm. but it's our choice as to how we receive and, like, digest, like, other person's feedback and validation, I guess. Like reflection. Yeah. That mirror reflection. Mm -hmm. We're all wired to, like, be a community. You know, men, women, all of us, we want to feel connected. And that sense of validation that we belong, like, we desire that. We all desire that. Mm Mm-hmm. So, uh-huh. you know, to feel like we're being validated, like a hug can be a validation. Yeah. You know, that's a beautiful validation. I am loved. Yeah. Fantastic. Right. You know, yeah. I'm supported. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's so much here around like, women and and energy and how we use our energy, which is something I talk about so much. But I, I still, I want to like keep diving deeper into um, the sneaky ways that women are, um, you know, I mean, we're taught to do it. We're taught to look for the validation outside of ourselves. And we're taught to give away our energy first in the people pleasing, like, serve everyone else first. And then, you know, maybe you'll know yourself, maybe you won't. Like, we don't even really get that message, you know, but like that external um, orientation for women to, to keep giving. I can see you're ready to say something about that. Well, um, I've just written it down. Um, like, <laughs> we get to this. <laughs> the thoughts. As women, right? Like, if we took away, like, I guess, you know, the whole projection of the shoulds and things, like women were nurturers. Yeah. It's out in our own nature to give. Yeah. And, you know, to please and give to others. Like, yes, we're wired to do that because that's our nurturing motherly, like, energy that we all have, like that feminine beautifulness, like that we're just like, yes, let's just wrap you up and just give, you know. Yeah. But it's when we don't, like, that nurturing is lovely, (laughs) but it's knowing when to nurture others 
in a, you know, a beautiful way and when to stand back, you know, and actually be whole in ourselves because it's yin and yang, you know, that's the thing, like you talk a lot about energy and that's Mm -hmm. the thing, like people-pleasing isn't just self, it's true people. It's how your energy is responding to somebody else's. And, yes, we are Mm -hmm. taught as well, you know, and we learn from watching others. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. like I understood that, you know, being the country girl, women stay in the kitchen. Mm -hmm. Women don't talk. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. This was demonstrated to me. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. But, you know, when my children came along, did I pour all my energy into them? Yes. But I did it instinctively. Yeah, absolutely. And um, when I talk to women about, we'll, we'll get into the topic of boundaries here, but when I talk to women about like how to allocate your energy and whether or not you're in depletion or, um, or like where to give your energy, you know, I'm kind of like, well, our children are their own thing. Like th- that's a, a separate, you know, topic because. I'm like, we're beholden to them. We're going to give them our energy. Like that's, that's a given, you know? Um, so yeah, the nurturance, the mothering, the, the caretaking is so innate and is so beautiful. And then I think we, as in collectively, we get confused because we so often feel depletion for being a caregiver. Um, so I came from a field of education and, you know, educators are some of the most hardworking people, you know, educators, nurses, uh, social workers, you know, like hard. Uh, yeah. Oh my gosh. Hairdressers. There's so much magic in the hairdressers. Um, like for, for real. So, you know, so open-hearted, like such a career of, of devotion and um, real nurturance. I mean, I took in, in my 20s and 30s, working in schools was like devotion to the children, devotion to other people's children, devotion to the community. And um, and I gave so much of my energy to that. I, I even uh, worked like half of my career in a education in residential programs. And so the children lived there. And so that mothering and nurturance, like, you know, went up even more because it was like, no, we are the caretakers of these children. And um, yeah, so just there, there's so much beauty in that. And that's the feminine heart. And that's the way, right? And we're not necessarily going to get the um, paycheck that validates our energy expenditure or the gratitude that validates our energy expenditure. And so now we find, you know, a collective of women who have been giving of our energy um, to the point of depletion, like to the point of, of women getting sick, um, for, for no lack of like, you know, not for doing anything wrong or like for no lack of trying. It's just, it's like we begin to deplete because, well, I think because that, that feminine energy is often so undervalued. Um, and so, so I want to, um, here, you know, let's talk about 
boundaries and, and how when a woman is like, does have so much to give and has the ideas and has the um, mission that she wants to bring forward and has the children to take care of or the community to take care of, you know, how do you talk to women about um, where to decide how to put that energy forward. Um, or, you know, you might use the word of boundaries. I could kind of talk all day about boundaries. I have other episodes on boundaries, but (laughs) it's such a a nuanced topic because, you know, for many reasons, but, but how do you talk to women about boundaries and energy allocation? I'm curious. I like the term energy allocation. I actually, Mm. you know, like I love boundaries. I love frameworks. Like, you know, I think, There is no such thing as like, you're never going to have a completely structured life. We're all flexible. We're all moving because once again, you know, our energy dips and flows. So does other people's and we're always dancing with boundaries. You know, it really comes back to self and as to like where to allocate, like I can't tell you where to allocate like, you know, from my experience, because your experience is completely different Mm -hmm. to mine. And also, you know, it's honoring our values, like what's most important to us. Like, I love my children, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. Right. If, you know, if that was my a hundred percent, like, you know, if we, we had a pie, like, (laughs) we were like, okay, if I dedicated my whole entire life to my children, it would be the whole pie. Yeah, it, that was my values. However, yeah. being me in my body and in my experience, I'm really ambitious. So yeah. I need to balance this beautiful love for my children with my creativity and my ability to pour my energy into something else so I feel fulfilled. Because when I'm not fulfilled, I turn into crazy mom. <laughs> Oh yeah, like when they, when you're experiencing the depletion. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That dip in right. energy because I'm giving to them, and it's when I give to them, you know, too much. You know, we, we get like a little resentful because they're taking up that energy, even though we love them. Yeah, that resent comes in. So it's like you know, as you're saying, like how to allocate. Like I like to make sure, like I have creativity pots and I have my nature like i need i need nature if i don't get my nature fix weekly or even daily sometimes i'm like oh yeah but that comes back to knowing what you value and what you need as a human because yeah. we all seek different things it's like telling someone you have to meditate every day unfortunately i can't sit still to save my life but I can do it in yoga class, right? Mm-hmm. I can mm-hmm. go for a walk out in nature for an hour and a half and take my sweet ass time if I want to. And mm-hmm. That's my meditation. Mm-hmm. So finding the things, you know, that replenish energy. Yeah. And allocating them. to some of those as opposed to going, okay, just give, give, give. What can I do for yeah. me? Yeah. I love the word replenishment. I talk about that a lot. I talk about that in my teachings and in Heartland. And yeah, like we have to kind of flip the switch or flip the um, the reality for women and the feminine from this depletion kind of paradigm into, a, into one of replenishment. And I love this context that you're bringing forward of values. 
Um, because, you know, we're going to have those inner truths, like we're going to know what we do um, value. And so it's a, it's a bold and I love the word rebel. I was such a rebel growing up as well, but you know, I needed to be so, um, <laughs> but it is such a rebellious it's like decision to choose. Um, I'm, I'm going to take time for my own energy. I'm going to take time to replenish. I'm going to take time to like nurture the value of, let's say, devotion or a spiritual practice where it may not, you know, quote unquote, look like it fits into the day or into the schedule of like a, the busy life we're supposed to be living, but we're we're reframing our time and our energy according to what is important to us. Really passionate about this. Yes. Can I share a story? I love stories. So I want it's fitting to what we're talking about because it wasn't until I went to a yoga class did I understand this concept. I had a a two-and-a-half-year-old and a a six-month-old. I hadn't been to a yoga class in about five years. And my husband, I kept complaining. I'm like, I just want to go to yoga class. I just want this time for myself. I'd look online. I'm like, no, nothing fits, nothing fits, nothing fits. And, you know, every day we'd have the same conversation, Groundhog Day, you know, like. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And, you know, he'd just say the same thing. Just book one, just go to one, choose one, go. And I'm like, but you know, all those excuses. What if, what if, what if, what if, you know, like I'm leaving my six month old, my boobs could burst at any minute and milk could just go everywhere. Right. Which would be a great like story for a yoga class or like, you know, like anyway, I'm just like, that would be great for everybody in the yoga room. I'm saying. So let's go, (laughs) let's, let's actually take me to that yoga class. So I finally found a yin yoga class. It was a Friday afternoon, 4.30. I've got this end of the week. Hubby, like, finishes a little early. He can look after the kids. I rode my bike. I walked into that yoga class. There was me and another person. And I was like, oh, I like this. Okay, cool. Like, nice and delicate. The teacher had a good energy. I laid on the floor. We did five poses in an hour. Mm. And then we went to Shavasana and she came up and she stuck her hands underneath my head and then reached down the back of my neck and just gently held my head. Mm-hmm. In that moment, tears just started flooding down my face. Yeah. Because all of a sudden, someone was holding me. Yeah. I realized I'd given myself, and I hate using this word, is like permission almost to give to myself. It, that was actually a validation, that moment of like, oh, my God, I'm allowed to go to yoga class. Yeah. My, my, my house is still standing. My kids are still alive. I just didn't think that I could leave them. And that yeah. comes back to me and those thoughts that I had. Yeah. Yeah. It was a powerful moment to go, oh, yes. Yes, I can. Yes, I can replenish me. And serve me because when I went to that yoga class week on week and after week, Mm. was I a better mom? Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Was I a better wife? Yes. Was I a better friend? Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. One hour once a week. Yeah. 
I love that. Thanks for that story. And that's the best kind of validation when the universe is like, here, Lizzie, let me hold you, you know, for all you're trying to hold. Yeah. Best kind of validation. Love that. And, and I really want to like just tease out one more piece of that. It's like when we do choose us, mm-hmm. we will be supported. <sighs> and that is such a falsehood in our culture that if we choose us, we will be um, doing something wrong or doing something, you know, bad for our families. I can't even count the number of women that reach out to me and say, I want to leave my career so badly. I want to leave my marriage so badly, but I don't want to ruin my kid's life. And I just want to say, that the more we know ourselves and the more we are truly on our soul's path, the better off our kids are, the Mm. better off our kids are. And not to say that I have not made crazy decisions that, that impacted my kid and they, they did, but is he more resilient um, and just wise for having been on this walk with me? <laughs> Fuck yes. Like if I had stayed a school principal until he was like in high school or college, just so, you know, to not rock the boat, we both would have missed out on so much learning and growing together. And um, yeah, I really, I think, and and just have so much gratitude to his soul because I know it's not been <laughs> easy <laughs> to be my son. You know, I have a 13-year-old son, um, but man, he has been like my sidekick the entire time. And, um, you know, he used to say things to me when he was not yet a teenager, um, when he was like more sweet and innocent. He's like, mom, <laughs> you are really going after it. Like I see you and I see you doing things differently and don't worry, mom. And the other day he just said, uh, like, we live in an apartment and we kind of got like, we've moved a couple times. I mean, it's been a, a wild ride. And the other day, just smooth as could be. He's like, so mom, when we get that piece of land, and that house. Um, And then he had this vision for it. And I was like, he's just holding the vision with me. He's just Mm -hmm. like, and I mean, he's keeping it alive sometimes like more than I am, you know? So um, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Like you will be supported. Your vision will be held. You will be supported. And I know women, it is scary as fuck to like start to choose yourself to um start to reallocate your energy whether it be like one yoga class a week or um you know i'm walking out of this door saturday morning at eight o'clock to go to the woods and uh somebody better watch the children you know <laughs> like this is happening like I'm, I'm choosing it i'm i'm starting to put myself and my choices um first. And it is so rebellious and so courageous because we have not had, um, like this, these are the generations for this, the, for this movement of, of women and the feminine choosing, um, we're our own replenishment. Yeah. Choosing our own replenishment, choosing our way forward and having a choice. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, I watched 
my grandmother's, my mother, you know, like my mother did start her own business um, at one stage mm. My whilst I was growing up and I was like, at the time I didn't think anything of it, but I'm like, yeah, that was like the 90s and women didn't do that. I know that now. Right. You know, right. like she's given me this choice, like to be, mm. you know, yes, she didn't approve of my creativity and those sort of things, but... Mm-hmm she understood of like making a different choice, making a new choice, doing something different, being bold. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's beautiful. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing. Like, it's just going to keep going. My daughter's going to watch me. Right. Right. Yeah. She's going to lead her children if she so chooses to have children though. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, And so, yeah, for, for anyone asking themselves that question, like, am I going to ruin my children's lives if I choose me? It's like, no, 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 Like you are changing the course of time. You're changing the lineage patterns of, of um, female, you know, self-sacrifice um, by choosing yourself. Well, can I speak a little bit more on this as well? So I love this the, topic. Sure. The you don't have to ask. Cool. You just speak it whatever you want. Yeah. I, so I live in Scotland right now. Obviously, yeah. my accent, totally Australian. Eight months ago, we were in Australia. So I've just mm. taken my children away from their best friends, their oh. neighborhood besties, from their grandparents who lived next door to live in Scotland. Mm-hmm. You know, that transition has been a big thing. What has it done for me and my husband? Full expansion, you know. Mm. Scotland has like opened me up and just gone, husband, you know, new job opportunities, learning, he's exploring. We've got this great nature and our kids have signed up for the ride. Mm -hmm. Yes, it's been challenging. Mm -hmm. Like you, you know, there's Mm -hmm. been challenges. Mm -hmm. But we didn't want to like, we lived off grid and like we had the ideal Mm -hmm. land, all the things, but what was happening around us wasn't sitting well. And so we, we really needed to get out. And we made that choice for us. Mm-hmm. And, you know, those kids, they had to come, you know, like they were little. We had to be on a plane for like 24 hours with masks on, you know. It wasn't fun. Wow. No. Yeah. But we're here now and they're still as happy as can be. And that's the thing, yeah. like we are all resilient. We've all had, you know, some life experiences that have happened. Yeah. But. At the end of the day, you know, we're showing them how we make a choice. Right. We moved here for a better life. We moved here so we could travel more. We moved here so we could experience a different culture. You know, like those are our values. It wasn't to have the bigger, better, flashier job, house, whatever. It was Mm -hmm. like. What can we experience? Let's go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let's be curious. Mm-hmm. And sharing those values with them. Values. Yeah. So, yeah. so important to know them. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to, um, you know, we've talked about a lot of topics, but like, let's give women some tools. So, you know, how, how would you encourage a woman to begin to identify what her values are? I like journaling starters, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> writing things out. Um, actually, here's a really good example. Um, 
When I talk values, I talk about, you know, things that I love and things that fill me with joy. Uh-huh. Nine times out of 10, you probably experience this too with a lot of your clients. If you ask them, what do you like? What do you, what do you love? They're like, I don't know. Yeah. Really hard for women, especially to be like, this is what I love. This is what I want. This is what I desire. It's like, oh my gosh, this is what I do for fun. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Answer right. that question. Right. Right. So, what I like to do with a lot of people is to get people to write like an A4 piece of paper and it's kind of like a cancellation thing. So at the beginning mm. we go, okay, so if you rewound back to when you were five, what did you love to do? Yes. Uh-huh. Yep. Okay. So let's go back to our childhoods for a moment because we knew how to have fun back then. Our life was about having fun. Right. We're so connected to our soul at that point. Most yeah, of us. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's nothing stopping. Exactly, most of it. Right. So, you know, there's nothing stopping us. You know, I like to build planes. I like playing with Lego. I like drawing. And so, like, write that list on that piece of paper. Fast forward again. Ten. What did you love? Yeah. You know, like, you've grown up a little bit. You know, there's still some things there. Like, what were those things? Fast forward again. Fifteen. I, usually the lists get a little bit shorter too, by yes. the way. Um, <laughs> right, right. From those like lists, and I'd probably go to about 2025, 20, depending on your age, you know, like yeah. it's usually like, oh, I don't really know anymore. Like that's fine. What I want you then to go think about is go, okay, if hiking, you know, like you used to go bushwalking a lot as a kid, go for a bushwalk. Is that your thing? Do you enjoy it? Like ask, you have to put yourself into experiences to understand what your values are and what you do like, what you do love. And it's honoring that going, oh, I'm on top of a hill. Look at that view. Oh my God, I love a sunset. I didn't realize I love sunsets. And just honoring, write it down, put it in a journal and be like, yes, this is mine. Right. Oh my gosh. I love this synchronicity. Uh, I want to keep going, but interjecting here that in the Sacred Truth Mastermind, I had women do like almost an identical exercise where we started at like five and went 10, 15, 20. And so I'll, I just want to combine this one with yours is yeah, that yeah. I ask women, what were your truths? Like, yes. what did you know to be true at five? What did you know to be true at 10? And you can, mm. you can like see how those truths, um, some of them were still yours. Some of them were like, it started to become people pleasing, like other, other people's truths. Right. And so yes. like looking at that arc. And so what is your truth? What does bring your joy? Um, yeah. I love that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the thing, our truths, right? Like I can rewind back to my 10-year-old self. What did I want to be when I was 10? I wanted to be a writer. I actually started writing my first memoir yes. when I was 10. I've just currently finished my first book awesome. writing it, right? But yeah. there was a whole period of like 15 years in between that where I was like, I'm never going to be a writer. Right. I'm bad in English, you know, like right. there's validation to feed, you know, something that yeah. someone had said. So I was no longer being able to be a writer but at 10. That's all I wanted. And then mm-hmm. 15, it was like, I'm going to be an artist. Mm-hmm. No, you know, mm-hmm. like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can't be creative, kept like canceling it out, you know. It's, yeah. It's interesting. So those truths, but when you actually do the application of your truth, yeah. Like put yourself that experience going, oh, yeah, that's me. Mm-hmm. 
and it's knowing yourself. Like realistically, sometimes I don't like the word values, but it's it honestly is going, what do I like and what don't I like? What mm-hmm. do I believe? What do I stand for? And asking these really big questions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm working with a woman in her, uh, probably in her 60s, and there was a lot of duty and obligation, um, you know, in her, um, in her life, just through family, through religion, through, you know, being a wife and, um, and, and I'm talking to her about her inner spark. Like what sparks you? Like, what do you want? And, um, and we have to go back. We're going back to like, well, what did the little girl want? because that's, it's like your lifeline, exactly like you're saying, you know, well, that little girl had an interest in, you know, let's say music. And so does music still spark you? Like, yes, it does. We'll start choosing music, you know, like start finding the spark. And then we bring the life force like back into, um, into our lives, which can feel very rebellious depending on how we've lived. Like it can feel very rebellious to start to choose you. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like it doesn't have to be big. Right. You know, like I I shared about the yoga class, like, you know, like that was, it seems so silly now. Yeah. That's the thing. Like it's simply like, you know, my husband listens to really daggy folk country music. Like I love that he loves it. Like he loves, he loves words. He loves, Hmm. you know, the beauty and the intricacy of how it can be put together. Whereas I'm like the bluegrass girl. I'm like, I want to be stomping in the mud, like, <laughs> like that energy. Yeah. And, you know, there's times where I'm like, hey, hon, you know, I'm going to move rooms. I love sitting with you, but the music's bringing me down. Like, <laughs> yeah. And it's knowing that. Right. You right. Know, like that's the thing, like those small little things, like, you know, I don't like peas, you know, I actually love peas, but like, okay, so you don't like peas, you know, have you tried a pea recently? Like, do you know what it tastes like? Experience it. Yes. Yeah. Feel it. Right. How does it make you feel? Yeah. Yeah. I think the topic, like you just brought up your husband and his preferences and, and then like moving away when his preferences are not your preferences and, and having that be okay. And, and that right there is something like, it's so big and, um, and again, so small and so big at the same time, like it's music and preference, (laughs) but here you are a woman saying, um, this vibe is not actually um, doing anything for me now. I'm going to choose like myself and my well-being. And that right there, I feel like women choosing in their energy with men, that is a whole other topic. But um, I think it's one of the hardest places, you know, to to begin to choose ourselves. And if I were to maybe make sweeping statements <laughs> here in like generalization, you know, with our children, it's this like obligation of like really wanting to give and serve and do our best. And we have a lot of like guilt and about that and and just really wanting to do our best. But then with men, it's like when we want to be loved or we want to keep him happy or, you know, all of these um intergenerational patternings that we have as well. I talk about this a lot, but, um, you know, to begin to choose again, it's like choosing your energy and choosing your body's truth 
in relation to men is one of the most empowering uh, places for women to bring their energy back home to self. I like this. Yeah. I've got a couple of things. People pleasing, it's about somebody else. Yeah. Right. So for me, it's authority figures. Yeah. Anyone of authority who comes across as authoritative. Yes. I'm like, oh. Men, you know, like our partners, you know, we're in a relationship, right? So I think a lot of people don't understand like that energy has to dance with each other. Mm-hmm. You know, the yin meets the yang. Mm-hmm. Um, and it has to be fluid. You know, I the biggest thing for any people pleaser and like, you know, I think, you know, boundaries are great, but what the, the most important piece is, is actually communication. Mm. Um, you know, yes, we can make the choice, but then it's like, okay, how do I say that? How do I speak that? How do I not offend the other person? Cause that's what we're thinking, right? Like, mm-hmm. how do I not offend mm-hmm. them while I mm-hmm. say what I need to say? So just acknowledging the energy and our truth. Yes, that's all it is. It's just your clarity. Yeah. And saying it. Right, right. What it is, as opposed to padding it out, fleshing it out, making it mm-hmm. like bulletproof, which it doesn't yeah. need to be. You know, right. Like we all know, you know, no, it's not like a full sentence, blah, blah, blah. You know, like hmm. if we took that concept and put it into everyday life, like hubby, sorry, I'm leaving the room. Mm-hmm, Love you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Not down with your vibe. Mm-hmm. He gets it. He understands it, but we've built that communic- like communication between yeah, us right? from early on. It's not something that we've done, um, you know, in the last year or so. It's like our yeah, personalities, right. like, understand and we talk. Yeah, right. And that's the way that we need to, like, you know, shift, you know, this away from this needing to please. It's like, well, here's what my energy either needs wants or you know like replenishing you know like we have yeah. that I love that word today I'm like yes yes um you know once we have that we can articulate that right right so we can be met in the middle you know it's funny I'm teaching my daughter at the moment about like compromise because she goes mm. from one extreme to the other I'm like no there's a middle mm. because relationships are about you know sometimes it is a compromise but it's understanding where two people stand and full acceptance of that. Yeah. And we, yeah, so, so much here. I love what you said about um, people pleasing is about somebody else. And I love that. It's like, where's our, our orientation? And because I think we're taught to have Primarily, most of us are taught to have an external orientation. I mean, we're teaching our our children differently, but we've been taught to look outside of ourselves. And then, like, to have a boundary when your orientation is external, it's like, is my boundary going to be okay here? Is my truth going to be okay here? And if people are interested, they can find the episode that I did on boundaries. Um, But I talk about boundaries in terms of clarity, which then you took the conversation to. It's like, If we feel defensive 
in our clarity, or if we're still fearing that our energy could be taken from us, or we're still fearing that this other person or this authority figure is going to somehow punish us for having this, you know, truth or this clarity, then, then our quote unquote boundary becomes much more of a defense. And if people could have seen your hands, like you were putting your hands up, like, like a stop, 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 you know, in this like defensive, you know, boundaries can be um, so like hard to hold when we are, it's almost like when we haven't really believed ourselves yet. Like when we have a clarity about what we want or, um, you know, and we put it in other people's hands. I'm just going to give a concrete example because I'm talking in a little bit of an abstract, but well, like I have entered relationships with, um, with men or with employers where like I was hoping that a certain truth or a certain energetic boundary would be honored, but I didn't really do a good job like stating that or making sure that there were agreements, like you're saying with the communication. And so now at this point in my life, I'm so comfortable tuning into my body. Not that it's always comfortable, but it's um, the norm that I'm tuning into myself, knowing myself. And then, you know, in new relationships or new work agreements or um, like a new relationship um, starting recently with a man, it's like just coming forward with the truth that is and then um it's really beautiful like watching a conscious response to the truth when there's no energy of defense in my truth like my truth is just my truth it doesn't need to be defended it's just clear and then you know a, a conscious response would be thank you I, I hear you or, you know, um, thank you for your truth. Like that kind of conversation, ideally. Right. But, um, which is what we can move toward. And as women, when we are starting to choose our own values, starting to choose our own energy and our replenishment, working on the traumas that keep us you know, fearful, right? And laying down those defenses so that we can really feel clear in the nervous system when we're saying, babe, I'm going to go to a yoga class <laughs> on Friday. Yeah. You know, and it's not like, oh my God, can I? Oh my God, can you keep the children? Oh my God, am I okay? It's like, I I'm going to a yoga class. Thank you so yeah. much. You know, could, could you please support this? Oh, I can't support it on Friday, but I can support it on Saturday. Thank you so much. Great. Communication, like easy, right? Easy. easy when we are regulated in our nervous system with and, and like able to identify what our truth is. I want to add a layer. So yes. often women, all of us, like the people pleasing is the coping mechanism mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. You know, we put up a front, you know, yeah, that's what the wall, it's a coping mechanism. Yeah. I'm okay. We build a shield around right. us. You know, we're protecting our energy from being hurt. We're being protective of our energy because someone might say no, those expectations yeah. are there. Yeah. We, you know, we're always on the lookout 
And that's the thing, as you said, you know, it depletes our nervous system. When our nervous system shot, especially as women, oh my gosh, our menstrual cycle suffers. Our mm-hmm. hormones go mm-hmm. freaking way. It's a party every day. What are you going to get? <laughs> yeah. So unstable. Yeah. That's depletes Like that depletes us, like not just mentally, but physically, emotionally, yeah. energetically. Yeah. 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 Yes, the um, a few episodes ago, oh gosh, was it one seventeen? I want to say Aaron Fisher was talking about the tend and befriend of the of the nervous system and how when we go into the parasympathetic, it's um, you know as women especially we go into tend and befriend, and I think it's really beautiful for um, for women to yeah tend and befriend themselves ourselves, right. Yeah. Yeah. First. You're allowed. We're First. allowed to clearly communicate. We can, you know, like let go of, you know, the making like the coping mechanisms. We can let go of the expectations because especially with communication, I think a lot of people it's the execution of asking or speaking which holds us because we're so worried. Yeah, about what other people are going to react to because, you know, we've witnessed other people react badly, I guess. And, you know, it takes us as well, like, you know, moving from reaction into responding. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm still not perfect. I still sometimes react. I'm like, Mm -hmm. I'm an adult. I'm a human. I'm Mm -hmm. still sometimes a child. Okay, cool. Like, but those are lessons. Lessons are learning, but it's when we're always reacting because that's that heightened. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. Just, when we feel we need to defend ourselves. Yeah. We're under attack. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. 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 So much here. I feel like um, women are going to take a lot of um, various inroads from our conversation today. Thank you so much for being here. Um, what What's your book about? People pleasing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> awesome. Um, so, yeah, it's my story um, weaved together with, I guess, my my learning and my unraveling, but also, yeah, how I rebuilt who I was. But, yeah, I guess, like, the little stepping stones of how to get there. Um, yeah, and the tools. Yeah. Good. Perfect. Yeah, a combination of story and tools. Like, yeah, that's... It's our work in the in the world right now. I relate to that so much. So um, please share with everyone again where they can find you. So Lizzie Malt, L-I-Z-Z-I-E-M-O-U-L-T dot com. Um, that's my website. And also if you want to um, say hello to me on Instagram would be really awesome. And that's just Lizzie underscore Malt, how I just spelled it. <laughs> Awesome. Well, thank you for your joy and thank you for, um, yeah, the, the light that you're shining into this, um, into this space with your story. And I love your Instagram cause it's just, it's so cheerful and you can tell like the embodiment of, um, embracing all the things like embracing motherhood, embracing being a wife, embracing yourself and being a writer and, and bringing it all together in, in one real life and real expression so so wonderful thank you so much for being here is there anything um like any final thoughts you'd like to share with everyone 
I think to sum it up is you can't be everything to everyone. So choose you. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why we're here. <laughs> like this is literally why we're on earth <laughs> to be ourselves. Yes, absolutely. Oh, uh, well, thank you so much. And please um, say hi to Scotland for me. I'll give him a big hug. <laughs> I'm like, it's right out my window. I'm like, when can I get out? <laughs> awesome. Right now. Oh, uh, thanks, Lizzie. Thanks for being here. Thank you so much, Sarah, for having me. Such a beautiful conversation. Mm-hmm. This is Sarah Poet of Embodied Breath, and thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I'm curious, what was your biggest takeaway? Remember that you are not alone on the sacred path, and women are rising now together. You can visit my website, sarahpoet.com, for more tools and inspiration to support your sacred remembering path. Please be sure to check the show notes, subscribe to this podcast, share with a friend, and leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts. I love to hear from you. Stay connected, and here's to your path of sacred remembering.